What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to season two of Sports 360. We're excited to have you join us as we kick off our second season with Kyla Nicole Hughes, a young lady who is a rising star in the sports industry. Kyla is a recent graduate of Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, with plans to attend law school in the near future. In her brief career, Kyla has gained valuable experience working for five major league clubs and for the Professional Baseball League in the Dominican Republic. She stands as a bright example for young professionals looking to break into the game and as a worthy addition to any baseball organization. We're about to get it going, so thanks for stopping by for the first episode of Season 2 of Sports. 360. I am excited to Welcome to Sports 360 today, Kyla Nicole Hughes. If you have not heard of Kyla, we predict that you soon will, as we have pegged her as one of the rising stars in the sports industry. Kyla, welcome to Sports 360. Glad to have you with us today. How are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, good. I'm excited as well because you actually have a dual distinction today, Kyla. One, you are our second rising star that we have had on Sports 360. The first is Samantha Ojo. So a shout out to Samantha, who recently graduated from St. John's Law School and is currently studying for the bar. Um, And so you are our second rising star. But also, you are our first guest uh, for season two of Sports 360. So you have a dual distinction uh, today. And just glad to have you on, Kyla, because um, I think that you have great potential to do some great things in the sports industry, and in particular, uh, in baseball. And we're going to talk about, as we go along, some of the experience that you have gained along the way with several major league clubs and and your experience in baseball so far. But um, before we get to that, I'd like to ask a, a more basic question of you to get started. And that, and that is, what is it, uh, Kyla, that sparked your interest in baseball? Because you certainly have a demonstrated interest in baseball. But what was it that got you started in in liking the game, being interested in the game, and considering the game of baseball as a potential career path? Okay. So that's a question that people always ask me, and I would definitely have to say that my cultural background is a very huge part of that interest. So I am Dominican-American, and I actually was born in Chicago but grew up in the Dominican Republic and was constantly back and forth. So I remember the first time that I went to the baseball game at 
Estadio Quisqueya in Santo Domingo, and we were going to see a game for the Lice Tigers. That's our um, that's our home team that we root for, most people in the capital. And I just remember how it wasn't like any of the baseball games that I'd seen on TV, like the American baseball games. It was really, really fun. It was like a very huge party. And I just was so amazed by that and how all of the fans were so connected to the players. And it didn't even really feel like a game. It felt like a very, like a family activity. It was like you were so connected to everyone in the stadium, not just the game. So I think that knowing how baseball is one of the ways that many Dominican men, young men, are able to leave the island, I became really, really enchanted, honestly, by just the stories that I would see of Dominican players leaving the island. And then eventually when my dad got my brother involved in a little little league from where in the area that we were living, and I wanted to play baseball so badly, but he wouldn't let me. So I would just always be at my brother's practices and his games. And I just thought it was really fun because I saw it played in a different style than the than in the United States. Because we, like, Latino players tend to play the game with a lot more, I wouldn't, I would say passion. They just make it fun. So I think that's one of the first things that drew me to my love for baseball. You know, you you said a couple of interesting things there, and and that is, you said when attending the the, the a game in in the Dominican, it felt like an event, a family affair. People were connected, mm-hmm. unlike here in the states. And it's interesting because, of course, baseball is widely hailed, at least in this country, as America's pastime. And mm-hmm. yet, what I hear you saying is there's a different level of excitement and passion and connection to the game that you sense and feel uh, in the Dominican compared to the United States. And then you talked about how the players play the game You make it fun, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe a little bit more flair. And, you know, from time to time that has gotten some players in trouble, right? When I say in trouble, meaning, you know, you know, maybe the media or other players frown down upon what they consider to be showboating and the right way to play the game. Um, but um, I think that some of the things that you mentioned, especially making the game fun, is something that more and more American players, especially the younger ones, Bryce Harper and others, have been talking about in recent years, that the game should be fun. And if you do that, one of the things you hit upon that I think Major League Baseball is really interested in is you create a family connection and an event type of an atmosphere that will really grow fan interest uh, in the game of baseball. So interesting to hear you talk about that. You know, I remember, Kyla, um, when during my time at the Major League Baseball Players Association, the first World Baseball Classic. And I had to go to Puerto Rico. Um, and I had certain responsibilities there. And, you know, the Dominican team was playing, Venezuela was playing, Panama was playing. And the excitement in the stands was something I have never seen, but I never saw before and I've never seen since. Um, it is really amazing to see some of the real passion and excitement 
um, that Latino fans have for the game of baseball. And it sounds like that's what you were talking about. You experienced coming up. Yes, exactly. I just, there's not really a way you can describe it, but a few summers ago, it was, it was some American students that came down to the Dominican Republic to, it was a program called Baseball and Society. And a few, it was about 10 American students that came down to study baseball and its development in the Dominican Republic. And we took them to a game. We took them exactly to the first stadium that I went to, the Estadio Quisqueya, and they were amazed because it's so fun. It's, it's kind of like if you're going to go to one of those events and you're going to bring your family, you should want to have all the fun that you can, but it just naturally happens in that environment because it's truly a party. It's a celebration. I mean, there's food and there's there's drums. A lot of fans bring drums, and it's just base. You can't talk about the Dominican Republic and baseball. You can't and separate the two because it's so much. It's it's so in the culture. Like baseball is our culture in the DR, and I I just wish that everybody could experience that because when I came to my first baseball game in the states, I was so shocked that people were sleeping and. The fans were kind of quiet. I was like, what is going on? This was so strange to me because I'd never experienced that. So when I was eventually working with different clubs, I understood why they were concerned about fans filling the seats and people coming because it wasn't viewed as a very fun sport to watch, like baseball and football. So I just wish that that kind of, fun atmosphere to be brought to the baseball culture in the United States because I really think that would make a difference in the amount of people coming to see the games and how especially the youth are more connected to different players and different teams. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think a lot of people agree with that, uh, including officials at, at, at Major League Baseball. Now, you, you mentioned there that you – um, have worked for certain teams or several teams. And in fact, um, you know, by, you know, and looking over your, your resume, you have gotten the opportunity to work for five different major league teams. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, with the Tampa Bay Rays, Arizona Diamondbacks, Kansas City Royals and Houston Astros, you worked in their, um, I would say in the academies, I would call them in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, and your title for each one of those uh, clubs was American Culturation Intern. Yes. Um, can you describe for us some of the responsibilities you had in that role for these various teams? Yes. So initially, when I started my first internship with the Houston Astros, I had no idea that I was even going to be working at an academy until maybe the week before. And they were like, we just need you to teach them about the United States. And I was like, what does that mean? I mean, it's so much to learn about the United States. They're like, we need you to just prepare them. Okay. So when I stepped into the classroom my first day, and they asked me to prepare a little PowerPoint about, you know, foods, 
going out in the United States, and I was just thinking, like, this is not the important stuff that they need to know, especially as young men and, you know, a lot of them young men of color coming here. So I just started off with telling them a few of the most important things that I felt that could get them in trouble. So I wanted to just make sure that they were aware that the Dominican Republic and the United States rules are very different. So my responsibility essentially was just to make them knowledgeable about how to carry themselves in the United States, different customs, about shaking hands and not hugging, about approaching women a certain way, about dressing a certain way in public, no open alcohol in your hand. You can't walk around with alcohol. You can't. Most of them can't even drink when they're here. Um, it was it was so much, but I just had to make sure that they knew the basics when they got here because many of them were coming to these rural areas, Iowa, what is the place that I was, um, Montana, and these are very different places. And I just wanted to make sure that they were kind of comfortable because they can never be as comfortable until they get here. But just just prepping them for a life here. Yeah. Now, in addition, you know, to some of the cultural transition, social etiquette type of things, um, you also, though, were involved in helping the players and their families with, you know, such things as financial literacy and, oh, yeah. and, and other things um, that, you know, also are important as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it, it was seemed to me a combination of, yeah, there was some things like you said, how to shake hands, shake hands instead of hugging, which I find interesting, right. Especially mm-hmm. as a black man, because most, most of the time, you know, yeah, we, we do a combination of both. Yeah, <laughs> we meet each yes. other. You know what I mean. So, um, so I found that one interesting. But yeah, but things like financial literacy and and, and other things, you know, in, in terms of handling the business side of the game, it seemed to me that you were also involved in in helping the players and their families with. Yes, um, the financial literacy part was definitely important because I. As I got older and I was going back and forth to the Dominican Republic and I had a few friends that would sign to teams and then when their career didn't go as they planned, they would be right back home without any money and almost, honestly worse than before they even signed. So I just wanted them to be aware that saving and being knowledgeable about how to handle their money was important because I didn't want them to have nothing if their career didn't go as planned. I wanted them to know that you don't have to go and buy all the designer shoes in the world. You don't have to have the cars. Just be, how do I even describe that? It was so hard for them to understand, like, why? Because when you put a little bit of money in their hand, all they want to do is spend. So getting them to understand the importance of saving that money and maybe investing it into other areas, like putting a little, we call them colmados in the DR, which are the stores where you can buy food and that are in every neighborhood, just trying to teach them different ways to spend their money, save the money. And the parents, the parents would even be more excited than the players sometimes to get this money. So just making them knowledgeable about 
how to how to save that money in case something went wrong and some things didn't go as planned. Yeah, and certainly those lessons are universal, right? I mean, whether yeah. it's a, a kid in the Dominican Republic or in Detroit, um, those types of lessons are, are vital and important and need to be shared and taught. Um, Kyle, I want to take a step back because, you know, we're talking about your work so far, you know, with four of the five major league teams, and you also uh, uh, worked for the um, Dominican Baseball League as oh, well. Yeah. We'll touch on that as well. But let's back up for a second, because for many young people, the biggest challenge that they have, if they're interested in working in baseball or in any other sport, is getting an opportunity. So how is it that you got your opportunity? Because again, you said you started working um, you know, for some of these teams, but how did you, how did you start working for Houston or Kansas city or Arizona? What was it that you did that allowed you to get such opportunities? So I, so my junior year of college, I had a pretty tough sophomore year and I decided that I would ask my school if I could take not exactly a year off, but they put, they labeled it as a study abroad. And I asked them, and created this plan, this long document to present to them about why I wanted to go home to the Dominican Republic and kind of take a break, but figure out what I wanted to do in sports because I already knew that I wanted to work in sports. So I found a program. Um, that program actually doesn't even exist in Santo Domingo anymore, but it was through CIEE. So I applied for the program. I got in, and I saw that they had – an option to take an internship class. And so they had different internship classes, but only one stuck out to me, and it was being an intern at one of the major league academies. So I was like, wow, this is perfect. I can't even believe this exists. So I applied for the internship, and initially I didn't get it because they were kind of hesitant about having, like, you know, a woman go into this academy. So I asked my program director again, can you please just, check back up on it. I really want to work. I really want to intern there. So after <laughs> being denied for two months, she finally calls me one day and tells me, okay, I've got connected to the program director. Her name, her name was Doris Gonzalez, and she's awesome. And she said, okay, she's willing to meet with you. So I met with Doris, and she was explaining to me the duties of this intern. She's like, you know, normally I have guys, but we've had girls before. But I think that your background is really different and you're going to connect to the players differently. I said, yeah, I, I think you're right. So my first day of my internship, I walked in the classroom and I sat there and I didn't talk because I wanted to see how the players were going to perceive me. But they thought I was American. They thought I was Dominican. And so I sat there and I kind of blew my cover because they said, they said a joke in Spanish. They were talking to each other and I laughed. And they were like, how did you understand that? And I was like, I'm from here. And they were like, oh, my gosh. And so that's kind of like, <laughs> that's exactly how from that first day I was able to connect with the players. And they were like, well, where are you from? They're like, are you from 
Bella Vista, and Bella Vista is kind of like one of the upscale areas. I'm like, no, like my family is from Villa Mella, Los Guaricanos. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's a barrio. And I was like, yeah, I understand. I understand the life. I understand how it is. And they were just asking me questions. And they saw that the only difference was that I was a woman. That was the only difference because we grew up the same. We understood each other. So mm-hmm. they were so much more open to me being around them. And that's how I got started. And then after I couldn't continue my internship at the Astros, the academy was um, under construction. She referred me to the to the Royals right next door. And after I couldn't continue at the Royals, they referred me to the Diamondbacks and then the Rays. And so... I was getting really, really good feedback from these academies, and they were just impressed how well I could connect to the students, to the players, and the coaches, not even the players only, like the coaches. They were all just excited that somebody that was teaching them English and teaching these lessons that they needed to know was somebody that was like them. That's a fantastic story. And and one of the major takeaways from your comments for me is the importance of making a connection with players. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in baseball for, you know, over 20 years and making a connection with players and there's no formula. There's no how to, you know, connect the dots, but some, at, at some point along the way, if you're going to work for players or work with players, you have to make a an authentic connection with them. Yeah. And once you do, then it makes your job so much easier and so much more enjoyable. So I, I enjoyed that story. It was a great story. Um and, and good for you, you know, for your persistence, one in, you know, creating the opportunity in a sense for yourself to go, you know, to the Dominican. And then second, for persevering in the face of rejection. And then once you got in the door, making the most of it. I mean, so all of those things were important, right? Being yes. creative, being persistent, and then being good, right? Because yes. at some point you have, you have to do the job. Um, now, in addition to working for these major league academies, you also worked for the Dominican Professional Baseball League in baseball operations. Uh, yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience there? So when I got that internship, it was a lot going on at the time because I was I was working there and between two different um, major league baseball academies. And that internship was interesting because I was doing everything. The office is very small. It's not that many employees. And I only got that job because I had a friend that was selling tickets occasionally for them. So... I was like, okay, baseball operations, what does this mean? They were like, it means everything. I was like, okay. (laughs) So ticket sales, being in the hot sun, um, making sure that – so we would do interviews with the players before the games, taking the kids around, taking the Dominican children around the stadium, showing them everything. So I would say that I did everything in that internship, and I was really grateful because I saw how – an office was run in the Dominican and and was able to compare that experience from 
that to the United States and see, wow, um, we're so organized here in the States. We're so punctual. I'm so happy for that <laughs> because we would have these meetings sometimes and we were not on time. But I was just like, this is such a, this is such the Dominican way. Everything is so relaxed. Nobody was really pressured. Everybody, it was just really kind of what you hear about the Dominicans, how everything's just very take it easy. But we were still able to produce really great results because people love that team so much, um, the Lise Tigers, and that's who I was working with. So I enjoyed that experience as well. But I was grateful to be able to have different experiences to compare. Sure. And and so what we're touching upon here is is experiences with four major league teams and with the Dominican uh, Professional Baseball League, all in the, in the Dominican Republic. Um, but you also have had the opportunity to work for the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta. Um, yeah. And you are, I have to mention this, you are a graduate of Spelman. Yeah. Um, and I shouldn't even say graduate. You are a graduate with honors from Spelman. So let me yeah. get it right. Um, <laughs> okay. And um, you also had an opportunity to work for the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta um, uh, as a diversity marketing uh, staff person. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. What did you do in that role of diversity marketing for the Atlanta Braves? So when I stepped into that role, it hadn't even, so it's important to mention before I talk about this, is that the Braves was one of the few teams to have their span, the, the double Spanish campaign, Los Bravos. They were one of the few teams that started. So I got a call in February of, February 2018 from somebody that I connected with during an event when they came to my school, Adrian Williams, and asked me, are you bilingual? I said, yeah, I'm bilingual. He said, okay, do you know about baseball? Yes. Like, okay, this is good. So he put together a team that for diversity marketing, and our role was to cover content for the Spanish-speaking players and make sure that the Latino community in Atlanta that they're present, that they were coming to the games more often, that they felt connected to the team. So I was like, really? This is what we're going to do? Because I'd never seen a major league team do that before. So when we first started, I was going to the, like the new era store that we have at the stadium. And I looked and they had all this merchandise that said Los Bravo. And I was, I almost cried because I was like, oh my gosh. And the um Acuna, we have Acuna on the team, and he had the Inya above his name. And I was like, wow, they put the accent mark over his name. Mm. So that was so special because the the announcer would announce, would be sure to announce the Latino players with their accented name and actually say it the right way and not just blow over it. So I would have to go around the stadium and take pictures and highlight the Latino players. And then we would come up with initiatives to 
um, we would work a lot with the Latin American Association here in Atlanta, which collaborated with the Community Affairs Department. department. And they would just make sure that the Latino players were actually coming to these events so that the um, community could see them and be able to meet them and see that it's realistic to meet these players. And I just think that it was really special because this was one of the few MLB teams that was doing this at the time. And I just appreciated that they created a space for them to highlight the Latino community and the Latino players. So that was a very, very special opportunity that I was glad to have. Yeah. And even as you recount some of the things that you were able to do, you can't help but hear the excitement and the appreciation in your voice as you uh, share with us some of the things that you did for the Braves. So it sounds like it was a really, a yeah. really meaningful experience for you. Um, now, I mentioned earlier that you are a graduate of Spelman in Atlanta, um, yeah. 2018 grad, and you have plans to attend law school. Um, first, um, I went to law school too, so I kind of get why people go to law school, but everybody has a different reason. In terms of your career and your career aspirations, and we'll touch on that in a, in a second in more detail, how do you see law school fitting in and, and, and why is it that that's something you're considering at this point? So I honestly didn't even begin to consider law school until I went to the Sabre Analytics Conference that Tyrone Brooks organized for students in March of and, and just Yeah, and just for those who don't know, Tyrone Brooks is at Major League Baseball, and I know he's in charge of um, the diversity initiatives uh, and all other types of related things for the commissioner's office. So just for those who might not know. So... I'm sorry, but um, so you met Tyrone at the Sabre Conference? So I met him at the winter meetings the year before that, but then he reached out to me to get me on this trip to go to the conference, and I ended up meeting um, a lot of people that weekend, and I met this one in particular, Sydney Malone, and we were the same age. She actually works at the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays now, and she was saying, you know, I, I think I want to sit on council for MLB. And I was like, really? That's something I've actually been considering too. And I was just thinking that I don't know how many Spanish speakers they have that are, that sit on council or that are even with the MLBPA. So I was thinking that this is something that's needed. This is something that's needed for somebody that looks like a lot of the players that are on these teams but can ask actually understand them as well and I was thinking that if I don't go to law school I'm doing a disservice to people that look like me that are working in the field that I want to work in I wouldn't I wouldn't feel right if I wasn't able to potentially help somebody that really needs help especially a Spanish speaker so that's when I really sat down and was like, wow, I'm going to have to take the LSAT, <laughs> and I started getting nervous. But I just think that for my career aspirations, I think law school just kind of made, like, it makes sense to me. I just want to be able to represent and help 
people that look like me, that speak Spanish, and yeah, I don't know. It just makes it makes sense when I think about my plan. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I you know, as you know, I work on the union side mm-hmm. in baseball, and I have done so for a number of years now, and and I'm a labor lawyer by training, and. You know, one of the things I believe is that in the labor movement, at least, um, the lawyers are among the leaders um, in unions, right? They, they they form part of the leadership group. And I believe in in labor unions and in other organizations, I think that, um, especially membership organizations, I think leadership should reflect membership. And yeah. so I think there should be some connection um, you know, between the leadership and the membership in ways that will build stronger bonds, build stronger connections, um, levels of understanding and so on. And so from that standpoint, I certainly understand uh, where where you're coming from. Um, now, Kyle, I want to ask you a question of something that has been in the news recently. I mean, we're sitting here now at the end of June, or you can view it as the beginning of summer, either way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're sitting here at the end of June. And, you know, in recent weeks, there was a story out of the Dominican that every baseball fan by now knows of, and that is the shooting of David Ortiz. Um, as someone who loves baseball, as someone who loves the Dominican Republic, um, what was your response? And even today, what is your response to what was really, um, just a shocking event for for us all. So it's so interesting you ask because I was eating at a restaurant with my friends when I looked up on the screen and saw that David Ortiz had been shot and I started crying, like I, real tears. I started crying because, and they were looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, no, you guys really don't understand what he means to my country, what he means to us. I'm like, he was, he's so important. And they didn't understand, so I'm like wiping my tears and trying to understand. I'm like babbling, but I couldn't believe it. And I instantly, I, I like jump on WhatsApp and I see everybody, like all my friends posting prayers for him. And I go on Instagram and I see everybody, like all the famous Dominican players posting prayers and everybody just panicking and wondering if he's going to be okay. It was a really, really scary moment because that was, we were just like, I hope you pull through because that would be taking away one of our heroes. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe who who would do that, knowing how important he is to the country and his fans, his family. I just didn't understand why. And so when the news like when the news is reporting about these stories and I'm watching, I'm getting confused watching them in English and Spanish to figure out what happened. I just was in shock. I mean, it really, really hurts to hear that he's been shot. And I don't know, it still doesn't feel real that somebody tried to kill him, but I'm just happy that it came out uh, like that he had a good outcome. But I just, that was so shocking. Nothing like that has ever happened to us in the like in the Dominican Republic. So 
it was really devastating for sure. Sure. And, and, you know, and it was that way for a lot of people. I mean, I think that even now it's just hard to, it's hard to process, um, mm-hmm. you know, right now the reports, uh, are good in terms of his, his recovery and his prognosis, but, um, and and obviously everyone is wishing the best for David Ortiz and his family. Um, but yet this is something that is, and will continue to be just a shocking event that's um, very hard to process on so many levels. And so I appreciate you sharing, you know, your personal views, yeah. your personal views on that. But, um, well, Kyla, um, I'm, I'm really glad to have had this opportunity to, um, to connect and to have you on the show with us today. I enjoyed the conversation. Um, you know, you, you shared a lot that I hope a lot of young people who are interested in working in the game, whether it's baseball or any other sport, I hope they're taking away, you know, the need to be creative and persistent and, you know, um, and, and then also come in and do a good job and to network. You know, you talk about meeting mm-hmm. people like Tyrone Brooks and going to the Sabre conference uh, you and I sat down at the most recent winter meetings um, where we met in person and, you know, you had sent me a, an email or a LinkedIn message, you know, requesting to do that. And so those types of things are so important um, in opening the doors and, and making connections. And I'm hoping, among other things, that, you know, young people, young professionals who are listening to this, take those lessons away with them because they really are valuable. And so kudos to you for doing those types of things. And it's resulted, I think, in you gaining some real meaningful experience um, early on in your career in the game of baseball. So keep up the good work, keep doing those things. And I'm sure, as I said, not only will we hear from you, but I think a, a whole lot of other people will hear about you in the future. So, um, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. And thanks again for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, as I said, I was looking forward to it. So, and I'm sure we'll be in touch down the road, but thanks again for coming on today, Kyle. Thank you. Okay. Bye now.